What it is, what is up, what is good, gamers? This is Kevin, a.k.a. Shonuff71, and we're back with Season 4, Episode 2 of the Gaming Vessels Podcast. And as usual, I am not in the digital stu- studio by myself. Along with me are my partners in crime. We got Des, the Bay Area Terror. What's going on, brother? Not much. Happy to be here on this sunny afternoon. Hope it's sunny where you are um, and whenever you're listening to us. So, again, thank you for joining us. I'm always happy to be here. On a Sunday afternoon. On a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> Don't get me started. All right. <laughs> Also along with us, we have Joe, a.k.a. the Food Max of Gaming, Trader Joe, who will help maximize your gaming dollar. What's going on, my friend? Not much, man. Just uh, this is the Sunday to get stuff done. So including this show, I don't want to consider this as being an obligation, but of a pleasure. So, so we're, we're on the chores list. No, not at all. <laughs> I'm excited to roll with this. It's my my favorite podcast out of the three I'm on. So, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. I oh. tell that to every podcast I'm on. No, yeah, no, no, no. But uh, well, uh, regarding of regarding some of the games, we're going to get into our what we've been playing. But before we get into that, uh, a demo for one of the most anticipated titles of the year uh dropped recently i think what did it, it launched uh did it launch monday friday friday two, friday two days okay. ago friday. two days ago okay yeah. i'm like a dog my concept of time is so fleeting but uh we're talking about the anthem demo all three of us had the opportunity to play um so we're going to share with you, our wonderful listeners, our impressions of the Anthem demo, uh, what we liked about it, what we didn't. Um, I'm I'm going to say I have a, a different perspective on the demo, so I want to go last. But uh, I'm going to pass I'm going to pass the mic over to Joe. Joe, what were your uh, impressions of the demo and you go into what what you found uh impressive or unimpressive or your overall opinion of it oh i'm just i uh, was trying to get used to the movement you know think about this game that is not uh like a typical first person shooter is that there's a lot of verticality to the uh, stages on there into the world in of itself by itself it's just because of the um um what do you call the shells again, Desmond? I'm not as articulate about the lore of Anthem. Uh, they're called uh, what? Javelins. Javelins. There you go. <laughs> so, so the whole thing about this game is that you don't really uh, have a point of having uh, customizing an avatar. The whole thing is about customizing your javelin and be able to configure the javelins that you run in on there. So that's one thing that makes it not as. Um, prevalent as like a character first uh, first person shooter or something like destiny on there is where you know you're not really caring what your uh, character really looks like inside the javelin on there so it's pretty much just rolling out with uh, your javelin and trying to get used to the combat you know to me i i love the verticality of it i love the flying technique 
on there as well to be able to fly. You could hover, and then there's a lot of versatility, I think. And it's just getting used to just the uh, way the enemies move and as far as where they come from, where to shoot at, you know, range of your weapons, a whole lot of things. It's just uh, learning the game on there. So, and you know, from what I've played so far, you know, I've, I did get frustrated in a few parts. Uh, I realized the fact that it's just a demo. You know, we got booted a couple times on there i think the weapons for the most part for beginner weapons were okay on there you know i, I happened to get up to like level 12 with uh, uh my specific javelin on there i did have a chance to play with the heavy character class which desmond he could help me out to remember what the, the colossus. name of the colossus. colossus there you go on there but uh, you know it's just the point that i'm enjoying what i played so far and i'm, I'm kind of you know anxious to see how else the game does perform once it does come out and as far as um you know how well it runs on there so uh, desmond what's your impressions of it so far yourself i mean I, out of the three of us i think you're the most enthusiastic about the game i know for sure so and i probably played it the most as well so um uh hmm so first and foremost let's give the let's give the listeners a little like backstory. So, for those of you who don't know, this anthem demo is for the VIPs. So, this is people who either pre-ordered or or got a code from a friend who has pre-ordered. So, you could actually technically have a friend who pre-ordered and they get like two or three friends codes and you can play the the demo, you know. So, uh I'm hyped for Anthem. I'm on the train. Woo whoop. So, um so I had a lot of like, okay, like what's going on? So on Friday, I, you know, turned on my phone and I was, you know, watching streamers um, try to get on. It was just, I was watching like three or four of the streamers that were like, you know, doing Anthem stuff. And and, and so the rollout for this thing was crazy. Like people weren't able to get in. It's just, it just, just normal server stuff. So so first of all, I was like, okay, you know, this this demo is going to be weird. People can't play. Will I be able to play? You know. So one streamer got on that I that I, that I watched, and so I watched him play, and I was like, okay, you know, it it it, it doesn't look too buggy. He was playing on the PC and looked good, and then he was playing on the Xbox, um, and then he's playing on the PS4. And I guess you know, please correct me if if I'm wrong, um, in the comments or or send us a, an email or something. Let us know. But it seemed like um, the people that were on PS4. We're having the worst time, you know. Maybe that's just because a lot of people were trying to get on with their PS4. I'm not really sure. We got it for Xbox, so the three of us, because that we wanted something to play on our Xboxes, which is fine, you know. Um, uh, I like the Xbox controller. I was not really married to either. I mean, I, I play my PS4 more because it, I feel that it's more accessible. But that's a whole another story and a whole another conversation. But uh, so the demo, you know. I didn't play it at all Friday. I was thinking, okay, I saw the craziness of people trying to get on. I'm going to wait and see, like, how it really, like, goes. So I, I, I let it go. I was just like, okay. I went did some other stuff. You know, I watched a couple of, you know, live plays, whatever. And then Saturday, you know, I was like, okay. So, like, I did some other stuff. So it was in my mind to do it, but it wasn't like, I have to do it, I have to do it, I have to do it. You know, because we should we should know by now that when a game, when a multiplayer online game launches, there's gonna be you know, and this isn't even the launch. I mean, this is the demo. So when it, but when it launches to to the public, you know, even in a smaller uh, 
even in a smaller uh, capacity like this, we're going to have to understand that it's going to do this. Like, we, we should not have been surprised. So, so I was like, okay. So, last night, Saturday night, I said, okay. You know, I, you know, I got texted Joe and, and uh, Kevin. And I was like, okay, we're gonna, we're, I'm going to get on. Let's see if we can try this. Like, okay, so got on. Now, mind you, I had let my, you know, Xbox Live account lapse and everything. So, I had to get some, you know, credit to do that. And Joe helped me out to get some discounts on some cards, three-month cards. So, I get on. And the Xbox, its interface is horrendous i don't and maybe it's because i haven't done it in a while but i don't like it that learning curve is crazy so that was kind of frustrating and then getting the demo on i had already downloaded it on thursday so i was ready to go did all i needed to do so i turned it on got in right in everything was fine cool i was like all right cool like no craziness i got on really quick let's do this first impressions Okay, it's weird that there is no customization of your of your of your avatar, your 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 quote unquote human character. I'm like, okay, like the emphasis is on the javelins and and making your javelins look good. Your javelin is your is your character. Okay, fine. So having it be this reverse of Destiny, whereas in Destiny you run around the tower and you can see your character in third person, and then you go out into the world and it's first person. So this is literally the opposite. So it was really kind of weird. Um, areas of Fort Tarsus that I saw, okay, you know, the, 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 the look good, like, the, the, the visuals looked good, I'm playing it on an Xbox One S, so it's not the, the all-powerful, you know, powerful beastie, but, you know, it looked good, and I was like, okay, you know, the game doesn't look like shit, so, you know, so I played the first mission, and then, and so, so then that was the thing that made it kind of crazy, was, was I did all the first thing, I did the running around, I go to my javelin and I do the loadout. It seemed to be pretty intuitive what you needed to do as far as guns and changing your loadouts and then change adding your your secondary weapon systems and shit like that. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of um, versatility in in your weapons. You know the types of weapons, the type of secondaries, and the type of secondaries. Uh, weapons, which really uh, makes each javelin shine. I thought that was a really cool thing because all the javelins can use most of the weapons, but it's their secondary and tertiary uh, weapon systems that 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 make it different. You know, different enough so they're different beasts. So I was like, okay. And then going to the first mission, the loading screen locks up. Shit. So I'm like, okay, how the hell am I going to play this game if I can't get through the loading screen? So this trick that I that that I was so I went online of course and I was looking around. So what you have to do is you had to you had to get in, then you had to have someone load up, or you could quick play, and then if it stalled, you had to close the game, go back. So I, I had to open up another game or close that down, open up a game, and then the the anthem would say, "Oh, I see you're on an expedition. Do you want to join in progress?" And then it would then it would let you in. So that was the first thing that was the problem that I had was like, "Shit, I have to do this weird dance to try to even get into the game proper to do it." Did either of you have that problem? I did not. Um oh, maybe it's my... the power of the X. <laughs> no, no. I I well, you see the thing is for me is I skipped all that tutorial stuff because when i jumped on 
Oh, there was no tutorial. Uh, I, just, oh, there just, isn't? No. Oh, okay. That's the thing. You just, there is no tutorial. They drop you in at 10th level and you just go and do shit. Like, seriously. Yeah. Like, that was the uh, thing. So I just jumped, my first experience was jumping in with you. I I really didn't explore the uh, the base, the fortress. I really didn't, you know, take time to really look and figure out where all these people were. Because my thinking is, well, since this is a beta and this is the, this code is fairly old. Yep, it's a, that's another um, thing. It's I'm old, figuring that these people, these NPCs, probably won't even be in that the same location anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, let me just just jump right into the meat of it. But uh, yeah, so I, I I was under the impression that there was a tutorial. Nope, nope. Okay. You literally, you literally, like when I played it, I jumped in, and I was like, okay, let's do what we do. So I jumped off. The because like when you, there's that landing and you jump off into it and you can jump all the way to the ground. There's no fall damage in this game and I love it. So, so I'm just like, well, how the hell do you fly? And so you you click this, you click the L button in. Okay, how do you hover? You click this button and the right button stick in. Okay, while you're flying. Okay, so so the the weapons and the the gameplay is fairly intuitive. By that I mean if you have played a shooter, you know that you know. Left trigger zooms in, right trigger shoots. The bumpers do your specials. You know, I do think that the the X button being jump is fine. I the interaction button is is X and but the melee is Y and the B is dash. So I'm like, okay. So the button configuration is a little weird for me because you have to you have to press. I don't, it's not intuitive to press Y to do the melee, but that's where it is so i was like okay maybe in the in the actual game you can change controller maybe you can now i just didn't find it so i was like okay so once i got used to where the button configuration was and where that stuff was i was like okay then i could really start to start to really enjoy the game and i and and you know i really enjoyed what i played when i was able to play it and and i have gotten to the point where I was able to unlock all of the other javelins and I've played them all except for Colossus and my thinking is they're all they all play differently enough so that you um will get a different experience from each javelin which I really thought was really cool and the fact that you you can play or you can unlock all four of them through the course of your game you play the story or whatever, you know, as you level, I thought that was really cool too. That way you don't feel that you have missed out or, or are stuck because you have to wait, you know, it's like a, it's it's like a locked progression when you get the other javelins, but I was like, okay. And the only thing that, that makes it kind of weird for me is what Kevin said earlier, that this is a old build of the game. So some of the things might be different than they are now. So, so I'm hesitant to say like, oh my god, this game was amazing. Next coming, Destiny Killer, all that other you know hyperbole. But I'm just like, if this is indicative of 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 what the larger game is or the build that we're gonna play when it's released, I can pre- I can safely say that I'm gonna sink I'm gonna sink a lot of hours into this game. You know, just just for me, I, I I really I really enjoyed what I played. Now I just hope that that transitions into the build or into the game that we buy in February. So that's like I enjoyed it. You know, the, were there glitches? 
Hell yeah. Like, I glitched in one. I was playing the storm. I glitched in. I was running backwards. I was like, what the hell? I glitched in, and I had no head. I was like, sure, okay, whatever. I glitched in, and, and like, one of the MP- like the NPC was, like, invisible. It was a storm standing next to me, but it was just his shield, and he was not even there. So, so yeah. <laughs> so you got the Ichabod Crane edition, huh? Exactly. So I was like, <laughs> what? It was, so there are, you know, going to be little weirdness here and there. But, but overall, I enjoyed it. I, I'm going to play it. It looks fun. Yeah. So that was a roundabout way of saying that I liked it. Kevin, I know you have because I played with you last night, so I know you have some to say, and I'm I'm very interested to hear what you have to say about this demo. Like, yeah, I'm very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my impression, I'm going to do something that's probably uh, I'm 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 cut to the end right now, and just say I'm getting the game. I think the game is going to be fun. Uh, I'm not all that worried about the final product. That said, uh, I think this demo was just a lousy demo overall. And the reason I say that is I, I have to compare it to Destiny's demo for the, for the first game in particular. Uh, if you guys can remember that far back, when, De- when Bungie launched that uh, Destiny demo, I mean, it, it just, every, just everything just seemed to click. Uh, you weren't getting weapons that that were uh, too underpowered for the enemies that you were confronting for the different activities that you that you know that they were allowing us to do. Now, granted, uh, if memory serves, that those demos ran longer, uh, but I just think that more thought Bungie put more thought into the Destiny demos than uh, EA put into the Anthem one. And the reason I say that is because I spent most of the night... Now, granted, it was late. I had a couple of beers. You know, uh, my senses probably were not at 100%. In fact, they they weren't at 100%. <laughs> so, figured I've been, I've been trying this new German beer that it's got like a really high alcohol content. So, it's like, you know, it, <laughs> it is what it is. But... Uh, I kept finding myself, whether it was the uh, what was that? What was that? That that mode that you brought us in, Des? It's not a strike. Uh, oh, what do they call it? Stronghold. Okay, we we're in a stronghold, um, and I'm fighting these 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 enemies that just were just vastly overpowered for the gear that I had access to. Now, I didn't talk to the, the weaponsmith. I didn't talk to any of, really, of any of the NPCs. The only NPCs I talked to back at the base were the ones that allowed you to get to your javelin to begin with. I didn't talk to anybody else. So maybe, oh, so that, that's probably my bad. Is I didn't get access to better stuff because I never talked to, you know, anybody else or, or got my, my my weapons either upgraded or utilized the new ones that I found in the fields prior. But even in the free roam, the open world sections, I kept running into stuff that was just way stronger than, than I was. And while the mechanics were 
I got a good feel for the mechanics. I just felt that I'm nearly not getting a good enough taste of the overall Anthem experience because I'm dying all the time. And it could be because I suck at the game. Granted, I, I'm not. I'm not saying that user error is not is, was not at play here. But at the same time, again, going back to Bungie's uh, Destiny demos, Destiny they just put way more thought into the demo. Now, all that said, I'm convinced. Like I said, you know, out the jump. I'm convinced that Anthem is going to be a thoroughly enjoyable game. I'm buying the game. Um, I have no uh, concerns that EA is going to jump the shark uh, on this game based on anything that I've played. It's just that my impression of the demo was that it was poorly planned out and really didn't give me... uh, all of the things that I'm bringing to the table at the time, you know, late at night, drinking some beers, you know, not at a hundred percent. I just didn't feel I got a good sample, a good taste of the Anthem experience the same way Bungie gave me that initial taste of the destiny experience when they launched their demos, if that makes any sense. So, um, I can't say as far as the overall mechanics of the game. One thing that I th- I thought now maybe they'll let you change this in the controls in the final game, but having to click the stick is off-putting mechanically to me in order to fly. Um, I kept jumping and holding the jump button because I thought that would be a more intuitive way to activate flight mode on your mech. Uh, or your mech suit, rather, I kept jumping and holding the jump button, thinking that it would activate while I was in midair. But no, you have to click in the stick. I hate that. Um, I, I Hopefully there's a means to change that. Also, the, uh, you can only fly forward. You cannot fly backwards. You can only hover and then hover. move backwards. But that was kind of interesting. Just a, yeah. just a thought. Like the, your, your velocity is always going forward. Like You can't, you can't like go backwards. It's, it's, it's just an interesting just for mm-hmm. a thought for me. Also, also, what I found out, which is really good, is you can actually turn the motion blur off, and that that made it so much easier for me to 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 look around and see what was going on. Just something okay. something for like you, you folks out there. If you don't like the motion blur, you can turn that crap off. Okay. Um, the section where the it, last night where I just said, you know, okay, I'm done. Um, it was while well, we were we were in a stronghold, and I wound up some kind of way in a body of water and I'm trying to get out of this said body of water but as my javelin is leaving is breaking through the surface of the water I'm hitting my head on the ceiling of whatever cavern I'm in and I'm bouncing back down into said body of water and having to figure out my way my way out. And it's just like, okay, you know, this none of this is really none of it, it just seemed it, the whole thing just seemed poorly planned. Now, granted, I was on my second or third beer by that time, so you know, it is what it is, but uh I'm. I just really had a hard time getting out of that. Getting out of that area, 
uh, until I followed, I can't remember if it, if it was you, Des, or Joe that I had to get me and show me how to get out of there. Yeah, Joe so maybe and gotcha. <laughs> I, yeah, so maybe I was maybe I was javeling while drinking. So I, that that's a possibility, <laughs> but. I just thought even even without that, it just I just really wasn't feeling the planning how that this I just didn't think that this demo was really properly planned. A proper tutorial, I think, was needed. And I don't know if Destiny, quote unquote, had a proper tutorial necessarily, but Bungie had those demos planned in such a way that you know, you are able to fully experiment with the gear and your guardian's abilities in a way that I think was just lacking with with EA's demo in this. Now, again, like I said, I'm getting the game day one. Um, I don't have any concerns about the overall quality of the game. Um I was just turned off by how the demo was was planned out, uh, particularly when you in the only my only basis of comparison is Bungie's Destiny demos, which I thought were on were on point. With Destiny, there was no you knew okay playing this demo for Destiny One, Destiny Two, I either like it or I don't. That there there is no it. it, it they gave you enough for you to be able to make a a decision as to whether this you felt this IP was going to be worth your time or not. Anthem, had I not already, you know, been pre have this had this predetermined notion that I'm going to enjoy this game, ironically based on my experiences with Destiny. Um, and I know both they're both two different games. It's probably unfair to compare the two, but you know, it is what it is. Um, I probably would have said, you know, if after playing this demo, if I would have had a, a, a clear enough, a clear enough opinion on Anthem, on leading on Anthem, everything I've watched, read leading up to this, uh, to this demo being launched. I probably would have said, you know what, after playing this, you know, I don't know. I think I may have to go back and cancel my pre-order. I'm not feeling it. It it's the I think this demo in my opinion is going to be a harder hurdle for those who are on the fence about whether or not they're going to invest in Anthem. People that already know that they're going to get into it I think they're so they were sold before this demo launched. You know, I put myself in that group. People said EA can kick rocks with this anthem stuff. I don't like what they did with with Battlefront 2. You know, forget it. You ain't going to convince them anyway. But the I think the people that were on the fence and not really knowing maybe they didn't play Destiny 1 or Destiny 2 and they were kind of intrigued by it uh I don't, and they're on the fence. I think it it's going to be a harder sell for those people. And again, maybe maybe it's just me, but I just felt that had more planning gone into this demo, uh, we would it would have been it would have been like what Bungie did for Destiny. This could have been what you know Bungie's 
appeal to the player through their demo for Destiny. I was hoping this was going to be EA's appeal to the player for Anthem. And just in my opinion, it just fell short. You know, my my uh, my inebriations, you know, factored into that opinion. So, um, but, you know, I'm still getting the game. But that was just my takeaway from uh, the time that I I spent in it. Now, I'm going to go back um, after we wrap up recording of this show. I'm going to go back into the demo and see if my opinion of it has changed. And the next time we record, well, next time we record, um, I'll remember to, if anything substantially has changed, say, hey, yeah, I guess it was the beers that was, you know, keeping me from fully understanding what was going on. Um, I'm going to go back and, and reassess, replay, reassess everything and see if my opinion of it has changed. But as of right now, you know, it, it is it is what it is. Still buying the game, but I felt EA could have done a put out a better demo, uh, a better demo for the product. So, <clears throat> did you guys have anything else you wanted to share regarding your experiences with the game? I'd like to hear a little bit more about from Joe to see what Joe thought about it. You know, do you have anything else to add, Joe? No, I enjoyed what I played. I mean, pretty much, uh, you know, as far as, you know, expectations of a demo, I mean, pretty much. I just, I kind of let a game just be itself on there. And I know that, uh, you know, looking at demos in of a self by itself is just something to where, you know, you know, I died a few times. I did get frustrated a few times. I'm learning the game still. I feel that, you know, my gameplay today with you, Earlier, like an hour or two ago, it seemed like, you know, it was really clicking in with me now where it wasn't necessarily clicking in with me last night, especially because we're running a harder um, uh, particular activity. And to me, I think uh, this game, once I become more familiar with it, I think the enjoyment's going to grow on here. And so a lot of my... uh, uh, leeriness about the game right now. It's just I'm just wondering as far as the ancillary parts around the gameplay loop, as far as the city, uh, being able to go in and go into the forge. Obviously, I wish there was a way uh, to be able to look at your item parts and maybe change on the fly before going out on there. Maybe there is a way to do this. I'm not entirely sure. Is there a way to go into the forge during the gameplay? I don't think nope. there is. Right? <laughs> you so. get all of, all the stuff that you got outside in the world. You do afterwards. Um, yeah. You 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 get all that stuff after. There's no once you what you what you have in the field is what you have in the field. That's it. Yeah. In a way, I don't like that because I love to be able to change on the fly, especially if I pick up something. You know, and maybe uh, maybe my uh, expectations of the game. I mean, thinking of other games in this type of um, loop, like Division, Destiny. You know, you figure other games allow for a lot of like in loop management on the fly on there and a lot of the stuff will just have to be done later and in a way it's good because of the fact that uh, especially if you're playing the group or party no one wants to sit there and wait while someone like sits there and adjusts their gear and load out and that kind of thing and hopefully there's a way maybe the um i know there's a way to save loadouts as far as your um um 
particular items. So you know, maybe if need be, uh, if there's a way later on in the game that they'll enable you to be able to switch configurations on the fly, maybe between activities possibly, that might be something to me that would be beneficial instead of having to go back and say, oh, I got the damn wrong loadout for this particular type of activity and then be able to have to go back and do what I have to do to be able to switch that over on there. So I could see a little bit more of um, introduction of things that would allow uh, for better playability and better, you know, just streamlining the game a little bit better, I believe. So, But I think, I think you know not them not having the that option streamlines it, and I think what's very interesting is is when someone moves into a next sector, uh, yeah. everyone is pulled along with them. So it really kind of keeps people from just kind of meandering around and things taking too long. So oh yeah, for sure. Part of me yeah. is kind of like I was not expecting that because sometimes you're you're and you liked y- y'all. Joe loves to just kind of meander <laughs> in a level so. And that's not a bad thing by any by any means, you know. But it's yeah. just, you know, he's not going to be able to do that if if Kevin and I or whoever he's playing with moves forward because you you there is no catching up. Like they, it, oh, I it know, pulls you forward, and it's so yeah. so so that's kind of jarring a little bit if you're fighting someone and they get pulled to the next section. So that's a very interesting thought, and that happens in Destiny too, but. But not, only on strikes. Yeah, only but strikes. but not very like not very like the, it's not very aggressive in that. So I don't know. I mean, it it kind of is what it is. And and hell, that might not, that might even be in the actual version we play. So I probably yeah, we'll have to see. Yeah, we'll have to mm-hmm. definitely see. So on there, but uh, you know. I'm gonna have to keep my meandering to solo play, and if I'm not matchmaked <laughs> with the random people on there, I'd hate to say if I'm going in the free 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 play or whatever free roam, whatever you call that mode on there. I know that uh, no, if I want to take play, and then there's and then no quick place when you join someone else, and there's expeditions. So yeah, expeditions yeah. you can just pop in and out whenever you want, though. So I kind of yeah. like that. Isn't that kind of what how it was with Monster Hunter World? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like this game is sort of like a cross it. between Monster Hunter World and Destiny. It's really interesting. Like, it's an interesting thought yeah. that they have because this really is a mix between those two those two games. So yeah, a lot, a lot of the stuff in the field kind of remind me of Monster Hunter too because you're just gathering resources and it's like you don't even know what these things are and in relation to what you're trying to craft i you know in the um forge menu i did happen to get enough materials to craft an item and i kind of like that gameplay loop aspect of it as well so and then having to break down of course guns and other items that you gather that might not be in your particular uh you know not as powerful to be able to break that down and get uh, future items to be able to forge uh more craft new items on there and one thing since i opened up the new um uh, javelins on there that uh, there's ability basically to be able to move um, weapons and items back and forth between the four on there and to me I love the fact that uh, you know you don't have to replay all the same game related activities with the javelins you can mix and match your javelins at any point in time so it's a point that uh, you know, the javelins themselves are not limited by the level it's just by the level of the items that you attach to them on there so so to me, that's I think that would be good because you know I hate to circle back to Destiny again, but Destiny, you know, 
hell, I want to play all three character classes, but really I don't only have time to do one because of all the grinding and everything that's needed, where this Anthem, well, I'll be able to play with all four javelins if I want to be able to play with all four without having to worry about the grinding and leveling up on each. Which is one. lovely. Repeating story, mission, so on and so forth. So, so it opens up a lot more aspects of gameplay too because if i want to play a heavy i'll play a heavy if i want to play something that's a little bit more lighter and uh, more up in your face i'll be able to play the that specific javelin as well so and i don't know if that's something that you kevin would would appreciate more once you get into the game and get to see different character classes per se because that will maybe help you uh you know, be able to see as far as the gameplay differences between the character class that we did play yesterday and the other three that might be available, you know, are available to you. So, yeah, because um, because I the only the only mech suit I I used was the Ranger. Um, I didn't I didn't open up that ability to switch to switch uh, javelin classes, or if I did, I I I didn't know how to didn't know how to do it, but the i i guess my whole thing with the javelin classes is that i'm 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 i kind of look at them as being like you know the guardians in destiny you know you want to tank you're a titan you know you want to you want to cast magic bolts and stuff you're going to be the warlock and if you just like, you know, busting caps at range you're probably going to be a hunter you know yeah the 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 parameters intersect each other, but that for the most part, that's, that's, you know, that's what those classes excel at, you know, respectively. Right. Um, in, in this game, you know, you want to be all up in your face, you know, blowing stuff up. You're going to be the Colossus. You want to be the, the magic user, you know, throwing, you know, uh, lightning bolts at stuff you're probably going to be that whatever they that 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 one with the cloak the hover the the storm dancer whatever they call that it's the storm and storm okay and then if you want to be kind of like the all-rounder you know you can do a little bit of this a little bit of that you're the you know the ranger is going to be your class and i if there's a fourth one i can't remember what that one is um interceptor the interceptor sort of like the ninja <laughs> okay so you that's the the espionage guy the uh uh the stealth <clears throat> the stealth class of the group so you know in a lot of ways i kind of look at them look at it as, as that the fact that i don't have to run uh independent classes is great you know i can my Whatever I get is whatever I get, and I can uh, apply, you know, certain things to each javelin as I as I choose to as I progress the game. I like that. That way, I'm not, I don't have to run a a, a colossus and a javelin. I mean, uh, or a storm and a whatever all at the same time because ain't nobody got time for that. So I appreciate that aspect. That's something that I wish Destiny would have done from the beginning. Uh, well, well, at all because it doesn't do it now. Even hopefully, Destiny Three will be like that. Um, so I, I think that is that's a, that's good. You know, it, it allows you to kind of try different things out. And I would guess that as balances are done to the game, um, and changes made to abilities, weapons, loadouts, and whatnot, 
that you can switch and change up your javelin type uh, with with even less of a of a hindrance to the stuff that you to the, you know to the class that you've already been working with. Uh, so that sounds that sounds enticing to me. Uh, but you know, like I said, you know, um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not turned off by the, well, I, I turned off by the demo necessarily. I, I didn't enjoy it as much as I did the one for destiny. Uh, it's, it's not going to keep me from, from buying the game. I'm still going to buy the game. Uh, but I just, I just thought it could have been better planned out. Uh, that that's that's just kind of sort of where I come down on the, on the whole thing. Um, so, but yeah, um, I, I'm gonna try it again after we're recording to see if my opinion has changed. Like I said before, so <clears throat> we will. I will give you an, an update if uh, my opinion on the demo changes uh, subsequent. Uh, sub- you know, after you know, playing it again without having drunk any beers. So with that, um, are, are we are we done with our uh, anthem impressions, or did anyone have anything else to add before we move on to what we've been playing? I'm done. Okay, Joe, you done? I'm good. I'm good. You yes. good? Go. All righty then. So we're going to move from our anthem impressions to our playlist. Uh, so, Adez, what you been playing the last couple of weeks, brother? Other than Anthem, <laughs> what have I been playing? <laughs> um, uh, what have I been playing? Actually, that's a good question. I've been well. I did play Destiny, although I have not been playing Destiny all that much, much to much to someone's chagrin. But you know, it it is what it is. Uh, I've actually been playing a little game uh, called Vampire. Uh, I it was on a sale. I found it. And I was like, hey, this looks like it could be fun. Uh, so you're, it's turn of the century, England. Uh, by that, I mean 1819, you know, uh, no, early 1920s, I think. Yeah, 1920s, right around, you know, when they started doing blood transfusions. Anyway, you play a vampire. And the cool thing about the game is it's the, the combat's pretty fun. It's not, it's not terribly hard. Um, but the, the crux of the game or the gameplay is you it's it's story driven so you're a vampire you don't want to be a vampire of course that's the cliche but you meet these people in each of these districts and the people you talk to them and you learn about them and then as you learn about them more hints are unlocked to 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 learn even more about them but you just don't talk to them just to talk to them. What you're doing is you meet them and they're locked. They're locked. They're like, they're, they, they don't want to talk to you. They don't talk to you anything or they're, they have all these secrets and, and, and that secrets, the secrets that are locked away, make their blood less enticing for the vampire. So the more you get to know them and the more you learn about them and the more they open up to you, the richer their blood becomes. And the way that is experienced or, or transformed in the game is that their experience level of how much experience you get once you once you kill them, basically bite them, uh, will increase uh, your blood and your ability because you use blood to um evolve or or make yourself stronger whether it's your bite or your blood magic or your shadow magic and all this other abilities you have 
So you can literally play the game and not kill anybody except for the people that hunt you. There's these mutant vampires, you know, that are a lesser lesser version that you can kill and there's vampire hunters that you can kill and you get ex- you get experience for or blood, quote unquote, that's your experience for doing that. But it's not nearly enough uh for when you if you kill one of these citizens. Um so so the game basically gets harder the nicer you are. Um, however, there's a caveat because you just can't start eating people indiscriminately because because it affects all the other people around that district. So if you start killing people that are actually nice, other people will react weirdly in that district. And, and the districts themselves have like a health level. So you want to get so basically you want to get every you want to get all the districts healthy and 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 not kill as many people as you can but some people are just assholes they need to die never just kidding so 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 that's the thing so you literally walk around you talk to these people you go on missions for them you unlock them you unlock their stuff or you do missions for them and they they reward you and they talk to you and their their experience for their blood can anywhere any can be any anywhere from a thousand to like six thousand experience points that you could use to then uh, make yourself stronger when you fight people within the world because certain very few things are, are gate locked by level um, but if a district falls below a certain level uh, it, you can't save it. it like people stop talking to you everyone leaves and it's just bedlam there's monsters running around and everything you just like lost that district so so you have to be kind of careful like who you embrace and who you don't and, and stuff like that. So it's a very it's a very delicate balance. But you know it seems like you know why would you go through all this trouble? But the but the game itself is really a lot of fun. Like the 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 story is crafted in a way that that is very um, interesting. So and the stuff that you learn you're sort of like this voyeur a little bit so because you're learning about this stuff and you go to these new districts and people are all these people have these long you know, um, uh, like quest chains. Some have short ones too, but like some of the really good ones are super long and it's really good. Like I've started the game two times, two different times because I got a, uh, I got a, um, cause you can, in the course of a conversation, you could, you could piss someone off and then they, they won't give you a hint. And so their blood might not be as good as you want them to be. And so, so I'll restart because I want to know what's going on or, or what I missed not so I can get better blood, but just because I can know what I missed because the the conversation uh, is really good. So uh, the graphics are pretty okay, you know they're 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 fair. Um, it's not like gonna break any. It's not a groundbreaker or anything. Um, it's by Don't Nod, who was the team that did uh, Life is Strange and uh, Life is Strange Two. Then by Focus Entertainment, it's one of their better games. So. Uh, but that's the one that I've been seeking most of my teeth into. <laughs> uh, nothing, not either of you laughed at that. That's funny. <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you for the rim shot. Kev. <laughs> um, but it's a fun game. Like it, it's a slow burn. The combat can be a little bit tricky. If you go into an area that you're not leveled up for, and there's multiple customizations you can do with yourself as well as your weapons. So it's, it's a pretty fun game, you know, and it doesn't, it's, it's about 20 hours. Um, so I'd highly suggest it. That's really the only game that I've been, that I've really been wanting to play is, is that, um, and then the Anthem demo, uh, just to see what's going on with that. But, but I'd highly recommend picking that game up if you, you know, if you, if you want to play, it's like, I think it's like $23, um, off sale, but I got it. I got it 
No, sorry. I think it's like 26. I got on a sale at the PSN during the PSN sale. So definitely worth it. Um, so I'm going to kick this ball over to uh, Joe. Joe, what have you been playing? Uh, we've been playing, uh, well, I know you have played and we have played all three of us Destiny 2. Yep. On that, um, I'm just going through the uh, last of my remaining forges. I finished the first forge on Nessus. Uh, they have a second forge, which I heard is a pain in the butt on Nessus as well. Honored to be able to complete. I'm also, also obviously, Iron Banner was running the last two weeks, so I ruled a lot of Iron Banner on there. Do you have a particular weapon quest for the uh, a particular um, pulse rifle on there? So, and I'm still gathering uh, my specific kills I need to get for that on that and also trying to get my third seat of light which uh, you know now I know <laughs> when that will roll and how to tell as far as when the um, Dreaming City is at its most darkest honor to be able to go in and get that completed as well so uh, still enjoying the gameplay loop in Destiny I'm at the complete 650 level and so just like Maybe lesser than Desmond and, and uh, you, Kevin, that I'm probably still going to be playing a little bit longer, but I'm probably going to take a little bit of a, a break from the game as much. You know, like I, I played it on this past Monday, and then I didn't play any games up until Friday on there. I was busy um, just with life and going back to work and that kind of thing. And so, and. Other stuff I have been playing, though, Earth Defense Force 5. I'm still enjoying that, playing that multiplayer. I know you played that quite a bit, too, Desmond. You know, multiplayer as well. So, uh, uh, still enjoying that quite a bit. Uh, you know, I've been playing more multiplayer than single player. I haven't really opened a lot of the missions up in single player all that much. So, on there. Um, PC-wise, I uh, happened to finally play some Borderlands 2 with... Uh, my friends Dom and Nick, and of course, uh, they decided to do something I necessarily don't like to do in Borderlands 2, and they were just playing the story missions and trying to get Nick along because Nick uh, doesn't have any time to game that much. And so I was sitting there uh, for a couple of story missions in Borderlands 2, just kind of, you know, I feel like Bernie from Weekend at Bernie's, you know, I feel like the dead corpse just being dragged along. Like, uh, I think uh, I was level like 19 with my Zero, which is. Uh, Stealth character, uh, there's a lot of uh, sniper rifle shots and that kind of thing, and uh, literally Dom was level 50 and killing everything, and it's like I'm sitting there just uh, almost wanting to say, stop, let's do some side missions, let's <laughs> <laughs> savor the flavor, and it's like, yeah, I don't like to be drug along through any missions on there, so it's just... Uh, in fact, after we finished playing that game session, I just went back and was trying to open up all the um, side quests, you know, because the thing about Borderlands, once you push through uh, the main story missions, all the side quests winds, wound, winds up building up. And to me, I'd rather actually, quote unquote, play something at my level than to be able to be drug through and leveling up just for the fact that someone else in your party is killing everything. So on that. So but uh, that's just what happened on there. But still wanting to still, you know, finish my session with Borderlands to get leveled up a little bit more. That way I have a little bit more. Uh, firepower to bring well, once I do play that multiplayer and then um, finally turn because of the Anthem demo I finally turn on my Xbox One for a change on there I happened to get it all set up loaded a bunch of games on it and then I wound up forgetting about it in my quest to get the highest light level in Destiny so was playing dabbling with a few things Virtua Fighter 5 uh, final showdown I was, was playing a little bit yesterday 
on there. I totally love that game. That game is like my favorite fighting game, a favorite fighting game series practically of all time on there. I do main a couple of characters, including Lion and um, Shen on there, so I play him quite a bit. And the uh, thing about Final Showdown is that it came out quite a bit of time ago. It's backwards compatible, but since it was a download-only release, there's not a lot of single-player content, so I did happen to jump on and was playing the same guy from Australia a number of different times online, and uh, I got like a 0 and 11 record right now with my online profile for that game, and so I'm seriously going to think, I don't think I'm going to be able to find a lot of people out there that are still playing that game other than people that are just, you know, mastering that online mode. And it's kind of frustrating to me because I played it back in the day on the 360 a bit on there and actually enjoyed playing online quite a bit. And it's just, I wish uh, Sega would get off their duffs and get a Virtua Fighter 6 or something along the lines of, I think if Tecmo Koei can release a bunch of Dead or Alive games, I think Sega could have it's way to get a small team together and get a game out there for the people that want to play that game on there. So, and then I'd happen to play some uh, mercenaries on my Xbox one X, which is an old Xbox game from back in the day. And I was really surprised about the upres on it. You know, it's my first time seeing a Xbox classic being played on the Xbox one X and to see that, that higher fidelity on there, even though it's a, you know, three generations ago game <laughs> on there. <laughs> It's just uh, something that was uh, surprising to me, and it's the fact that once I booted that game up, the intro music and everything, uh, Pandemic did an excellent job with that game. I think that studio, when they were around, were kind of unheralded. They're another Australian, speaking of Australia, they're an Australian team on there, and they did like the first couple Battlefronts, they did Mercenaries 1 and 2, they did um, Saboteur for EA back in the day, so they have... And definitely have done quite a few games on there. And I kind of forgot about Mercenaries, but I'll probably be dabbling with it. You know, I don't know if it's something I really want to play when I got other games in that same type of genre to play, like you know, Just Cause 3 and 4 and that kind of thing. But, you know, you know it was games of gold. So, hey, no harm, no foul, no cost out of my pocket. But that's pretty much been my two weeks in gaming since we were last recording an episode. Kevin, what you been up to? What you been playing? Uh, well, for me, it's also been a little bit of Destiny 2, not a whole lot. Um, I've mostly just when I when I've seen you on Joe, I've jumped in, uh, run a little bit of Crucible with you or whatever else that you were in the uh, PVE world that you were trying to do. Right. Um, other than that, I've been playing a lot of uh, Earth Defense Force 5, and I've been trying out a class that I never used prior, which is the Air Raider. Yeah, I forgot. I, I played that with y'all, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah we played that, and too. <laughs> the Air Raider is a lot of fun. I've, I've really been enjoying using him. The um, I like the idea that he can... He, he, he can he, Kind of the only thing that the air raider doesn't really do super duper well is personal defense options. Like he can send out these the 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 really the best option for that that I found is like I've got these uh, these auto cannon um, uh, drones that well not drones but uh, beacons that I can attach to targets. And then these uh, these auto cannons will just automatically, you know, blow up whatever it is that I've attached them to. 
that's really the close. The he, he does have a shotgun, but it's not good. Uh, I that that I have access to for the air raider, but uh, he's got some really interesting options. He's great character to use to attack uh, large heavy objects. Um, like I've got a a twenty a twenty salvo missile barrage that I can uh, send toward a single target or multiple targets. It just However length of time the beam has to be on that target, uh, it'll count down how many salvos are going to be following that target or approaching that target, and you get up to 20, and that that thing does a lot of damage. Uh, I've also got a satellite strike, uh, which will send like these massive lasers uh, bombarding a certain area on the battlefield. And uh, utilizing that is really good, particularly when you're dealing with those pylons that generate ants and spiders all over the place. So uh, he's really good at that. Um, the, uh, the 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 class that I'm kind of sort of backing away, and it's the class that I've used uh, uh, faith pretty faithfully throughout my time playing EDF games is the fencer. Uh, I'm kind of find myself backing away from the fencer, um, primarily because a lot of the, at least the levels that I'm playing through right now are not fencer friendly. Um, the fencer needs a certain amount of space uh, to get his, you know, to utilize his uh, the weapon arsenal, at least the weapons that I have access to right now. Uh, I've got a lot of Gatling guns. I've got a lot of shotguns, which are great for up close and personal work. But if you're doing something or fighting an enemy like uh, those pylons, fighting enemies like those bipedal frogs, you need something that's going to hit a little bit harder. And the options I have for the fencer for weaponry that hits a little bit harder is not great right now. I've got the arm hound missiles, which are okay for fighting multiple targets, but don't really do a whole lot of damage to one single target. And as far as missiles go, that's really my only option with the fencer right now. So I find myself kind of backing away from him, but I'm I'm using primarily the air raider and the ranger, or the foot soldier. Uh, I've still I still like using 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 that character. With me backing away from Destiny Two, I'm going back into my backlog and wrapping up certain games. Uh, one of the games that I did wrap up was Gears of War Four. Or Gears for. Uh, it was a Christmas gift from my wife about two, two or three years ago, whenever that game came out that Christmas. And I'm not a fan. Um, I've, I've, I've been a casual uh, fan of the Gears franchise uh, from the beginning. I never got into the multiplayer of any of those games. I don't like the multi. I don't like typically don't like that type of multiplayer. So I've skipped all the multiplayers and all of the main Gears games, but I've always enjoyed the campaign. And the, the writing, the back and forth between Dom, Baird, Cole, 
uh, the and uh, Dom Bear Cold and 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 Marcus. I'm probably missing somebody somewhere in the original crew. Is just lost in this new group of meatheads. I I don't care about this new crew at all. Um, I they're all single syllable names, so it wasn't Dax, Kim, whoever all those these these people are. Don't care about them. They're annoying as all get out. The dialogue between them as a group, as a new group of characters, is just not good at all. The least annoying is the woman in the group. But even she's get she got on my nerves towards the end of the campaign. Uh, she's going to be the focus of Gears 5, so... I'm thankful that at least she being the least annoying of the of this new crew new group of meatheads at least the game the campaign anyway is going to focus on her and not the other two but Gears 4 was just a very meh experience in, in comparison to the original the original 3 I think the other games had more enemy variety I kept fighting the same. I, I I don't know if these are supposed to be locusts or variants of locusts, but the enemy designs were not that great. A lot of them were rehashed from the prior games, and I think they look better in the prior games than they did in this one. The fighting against these robotic uh, cog because you're part of some type of anti-cog resistance for whatever reason and fighting against these robotic drones was just it, it almost felt kind of just thrown in hey we can't come up with any more enemy classes let's just have you fight these drones that have no real doesn't look like they're like a whole lot of heart or a whole lot of effort went into designing that those uh those enemies so it was just kind of a really subpar experience and uh i deleted it off my hard drive and i'll never play it again and uh it's another example of why i'm such a uh stickler for physical media because even if it's just you know a dollar 99 that i get in store credit at some retailer it would at least be mine to either trade in towards something else or sell to a private party give a giveaway to a friend who's interested in playing it uh and because it's digital i'm stuck with it for life even though i'm never going to play it again uh so i will always do <laughs> the uh do the physical whenever possible but um i've also gone back and i'm i'm wrapping i'm trying to get through fist of the north star i need to go back and finish that so i've started messing with that and I have loaded, but have not gone back to play Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, the winter, what do they call it, the complete edition or winter edition. It has the uh, northern realm zones included, which was the DLC. It's got all that DLC. Uh, Horizon is like the, you know, the backlog crime of the century for me because I should have finished that game a long time ago, but didn't. I got sidetracked by <clears throat> Destiny and uh, never went back and completed that that phenomenal game. Um, so I 
I've had the complete edition for some time. I deleted the vanilla edition, reloaded the complete edition, so I've got all that extra content. So when I do go back and jump into it, I'm going to uh, fully immerse myself into that lore, to the lore of that story. And I'm definitely looking forward to that. And of course, getting still moving forward through Fist of the North Star, which is just, you know, absolutely fantastic. So it's about backlog for me at this point. Um, for I, I, I was going to get Ace Combat, um, decided to pass on that for now. Uh, want to get Resident Evil 2, but I'm also putting that on the back burner for now just so I can roll through uh, my backlog because I know that once, you know, Devil May Cry starts dropping, once Sekiro drops, once Anthem drops, you know, the likelihood of me going back to any of these older games, even as good as they are, uh, is going to fall further and further behind so i'm trying to at least get horizon zero dawn wrapped up and completed before some of the heavy hitters that i'm looking forward to in particular uh start hitting so uh also the other and the last game i'll talk about that i've been playing is smash brothers ultimate uh smash brothers ultimate is fantastic it is it is an awesome game um, I know the fighting game community has kind of been it's been kind of controversial whether there are some people that consider Smash to not be a true proper fighting game. Uh, and I think those people are crazy. Smash is most definitely a fighting game. It, the elements and the components to get good, as as the young folks say, are there they are easily that you can do them fairly easily but mastering them is going to take some time um, and i've gone through the process of unlocking all 72 characters the only character that i have yet to unlock are the me fighters i don't have access to them in the standard smash mode yet i need to though that's the last uh character that i have to unlock the I went through uh, about four or five hours into the uh, what do they call it Qu the light quest or quest for light, which is the single player campaign mode for Smash Ultimate. Um, that it's okay, but it's way too long. Uh, from what I'm hearing, that that mode is about anywhere from fifteen to twenty hours long. And all it is is you're doing smash smash matches with with varying degrees of of rule difficulty that will either hinder your character or be a benefit to your enemy your opponent. Uh, different things in the environment will change, and it, it it's it's okay, but it's not great. You know, and the when I figured out how to unlock all the other characters outside of that that mode, I I dropped that mode uh, like a hot potato. Uh, it's cool because it focuses on my favorite Nintendo mascot, which is Kirby. Uh, Kirby is the hero of that mode, which is pretty cool. But 
you really don't do much and some of the rules are just downright uh frustrating you know like having to fight a giant charizard that has this special thing where he can spew out multiple streams of flame out of you know you know every part of his body it's like okay so how am i supposed to fight that (laughs) exactly uh, it can be a little bit uh, frustrating, and the the story itself isn't really all that all that enticing. And there's this whole thing with the spirits. You unlock spirits that give you different abilities during the mode of the uh, mode of light. Uh, th- this light, free the light, or whatever they call that, the story mode. Uh, the spirits you unlock these spirits, which give your character, whatever character you're using, certain abilities, passive and active abilities that you can utilize in that mode. And that's okay too, but it, it's not enough to keep me uh, engrossed for another 15 or so hours to uh, to really complete that thing. So what I'm doing now with Smash, now that I've unlocked, unlocked all the characters, is I'm learning some of the finer points of uh, the game. You know, mobility, you know, utilizing my tilts effectively. Uh, my main is Incineroar. I, I love using that character. He's just like this, he's like this furry bipedal cat looking. Yeah, he's the wrestler, right? Yeah, like cat looking thing who uh, throws he was you my against main. the. Yeah, he's the wrestler, the wrestler Pokemon. And he puts you in backdrops and he drops uh, lariats on you, and it's just—I I, I really like Incineroar. He's—I uh, have no interest in Pokemon uh, per se, but I really like using Incineroar in this game. It's just—it's uh, just a blast to play. He has his own turnbuckle, his special move. He'll set up a turnbuckle real quick and throw you against it. And either set you up for a backdrop or a lariat, and it, it's awesome. <laughs> so um, I'm having fun going through that. But uh, that's what I have been playing for the past couple of weeks. So I think we're going to transition from there to our news section. And uh, Trader Joe has got some articles that caught his eye over the past couple of weeks. So he's going to bring some of that information to you, good folks. Right about now with our new section. Joe, why don't you hit him up with that? Yeah, there's a few things I just want to go ahead and talk about. The things I found interesting the last couple of weeks. Uh, first off, a uh, story about the game we talked about, the star of the show, Anthem. Uh, Anthem executive from Bioware apologizes for VIP demo promises to do better. Bioware's head of live service, Chad Robertson's he pretty much stated via Twitter uh, that um, day one of the VIP demo didn't go as planned. We'd like to let you know what happened, what we're doing to fix it on there. So according to Robertson, the three main issues arose, uh, most of which stemming from under planning server capacity on there. It says uh, there was an issue with the platform connections, which supposedly was caused by a flood of players entering the game as soon as the server started up. Um, but they're rolling fixes out. There was a problem with entitlements of virtual tokens that let pre-order gamers from accessing the game on there. Most of those have been fixed. And then infinite loads on there. Uh, but uh, we talked about that earlier um, where we were stuck in the infinity loading up on there. But Yes, uh, we were. <laughs> 
So uh, over the weekend, they've been busting their tail. They said they he has tasked the team with resolving continuing issues, fixing the infinite loads, and improving server performance to address rubber banding and other latency issues on there. And he's uh, thanking the community, though. Um, he's humbled by the response Anthem has received so far on there. Uh, he stated... It's been incredibly humbling to see so many people watching us, uh, watching along with us on Twitch. That over 300,000 concurrent viewers uh, on Friday and over 100 million minutes watched on there. So uh, those are Fortnite type numbers. Thank you for your support. Our goal is to get everyone into into the demo, having fun together on there. So, and as far as uh, when you should expect the roadmap or post-launch plans. Robertson acknowledged that it's coming soon uh, on there, um, but it's been a couple of good days for Bioware for this weekend on there, and they are not shying away from saying that they screwed up. So, I mean, pretty much uh, it's a point that uh, love the transparency, at least. You know, I think it's better than other uh, game companies where, you know, you just get a generic response on Twitter that uh, they are being very proactive out in the community, of course, on that. So so uh, Anthem is due to launch February 22nd, of course, so we'll be talking about this game probably more than likely. <laughs> if not next podcast, when Kevin has more impressions, we'll be definitely talking about when it, it angles up the launch on that. One thing I want to ask you, Desmond, on here is that were you thinking about possibly signing up for EA Access so you could get into the game sooner on February 15th or is that something to where um, you know you'll wait to the 22nd like the rest of us so that's a negative Ghost Rider gotcha (laughs) I've noticed I don't need to play it any sooner no I'm fine okay because yeah people that do have EA Access can get be able to play the game at least seven days early than other people so Nope. So, I'm but cool. the, do you have to buy the game through EA Access in order to utilize that? Uh, actually, once you own or have a subscription to EA Access, you're able to play the first ten hours uh, oh. for free on there, and then you could actually uh, roll your progress over to your main game on there. And uh, you you would have to buy it ultimately digitally to be able to start it, but you have a free ten hour preview with all the games on EA Access to be able to do that. So, okay. So that's something to keep in mind just in case you don't want a physical copy. I, I will take my physical copy and my steel book and the whole shot as far as the physical best, for life, son. You know it. <laughs> so there, there is a very good deal with Best Buy. So Best Buy, you are able to get $10 in rewards back on this. And plus, if you still have Gamers Club unlocked, still obviously you get your 20% off as well. So. And uh, free steel book, so glow in the dark steel book at that. So, oh lord, glow in the dark. Oh. Yes, yes. So when when you turn off the lights <laughs> in your game room in your uh, guest bedroom, Desmond, there's gonna be something glowing on your shelf. And it's, it's it's radioactive uh, anthem Bioware, you know. Yes. So that'll be amazing. I know. <laughs> so, all right. And then in other news, caught my eye. Uh, lo and behold, the hype is beginning. Phil Spencer has stated Microsoft is going to be as big as E3 as we have ever been on there. So, um, this quote comes from Larry Major Nelson Herb in an exclusive interview. Sorry. Oh. (laughs) 
That was my attempt at a joke. Yeah, he was believing gotcha. he could fly. <laughs> and here, here was I was thinking a video was was playing audio over. <laughs> Joe got scared. He's like, "What's going on? Cats. What's going on?" <laughs> yes. It's like, where's that? Where's that noise coming from? <laughs> he was just trying to believe that he could fly. That's all. Okay, so this quote comes from Major Nelson as an exclusive interview with uh, Microsoft's Executive Vice President of Gaming, Phil Spencer, on there. So it's like Major Nelson interviewing Phil Spencer. <laughs> okay, so was it Major Nelson on like uh, Bewitched or something? <laughs> like I'm, I'm not trying to be like. Weird oh, you're, you're exactly right. I don't, I don't think Larry Hagman's reviewing Phil Spencer. But I think that <laughs> I was like, that's kind of for all you youngins out there. That's something you don't no, actually. Worry Major Nelson's from I Dream of Genie, not Bewitched. Oh. Actually, see, so even even still, Joe knew what was up. So even with my lame joke, Joe knew Joe, Joe knew what was you. Joe knew knew what was up. Oh Lord. Okay, continue, Joe. I'm sorry. Okay. They did talk about a range of subjects. Uh, I guess Phil Spencer right now is playing Super Mario Odyssey. That's on his playlist right now. So, but uh, and they started talking about E3 and PlayStation's decision to pull out of E3. And he stated, "Well, there was some obviously some news about E3 back in the fall. We had the discussion internally: should we go big? Should we save some money? You know, what does it mean on there?" So he's referencing the fact that Sony did pull out from E3 on there but says no we're gonna do our our thing we're gonna go out and be as big at e3 as we've ever been i love the opportunity to be with our fans and the industry according to what phil spencer stated on there so um you know they're gonna be as transparent as possible as far as their future plans but obviously we'll have to see what happens coming up you know it's gonna be to where I know after Sony's announcement that they were pulling out of E3, Xbox did send a tweet out indicating, we can't wait to see you all at E3 2019 with two hands up on there. So, And so if you're interested, though, there is a section about their conversation. It is up on um, Major Nelson's podcast on there, episode 633, just in case you want to hear it for yourself on there with the good conversation that is had on that. So any feedback other than <laughs> further sarcasm <laughs> on anyone's part? I mean, every year it just seems like it's the same thing. But, you know, I think with every company, it's probably the same thing too. We just want to see Microsoft deliver. I'm assuming you are wanting the same thing. I'm assuming, right, Kevin? Well, yeah, it, it's, we, we want to see these companies deliver, but the problem is Microsoft is not delivered. They haven't delivered since, I would argue, at least since 2014. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, they their, their exclusive content has just been really, really lacking. Uh, or whenever whenever year Gears, Gears 4 came out, that, that, that was their last E3, the E3 in which, you know, Gears launched that following uh, fall was when they stopped delivering. And I would argue they didn't even deliver Zen because Gears of War 4 sucks, at least their campaign. But they, it's their time. They have the showcase to themselves as far as being one of the three, the only 
manufacturer that's going to be there doing an actual show at the event. We know Nintendo does their directs, which is part of E3, but they're not going to have a stage presence per se. Um, it's their time to control the message, their message at this event where Sony is basically saying, okay, y'all, it's on you. You do what you do. Um, and it's time. It's going to be time for them to show what all these studio acquisitions have been working on. And I'm not to say that these games are going to be ready anytime soon, which I sincerely doubt. But at least show me show me a a pathway. Show me show me a uh, what you guys are going to be working on because. Take a book, and, and I'll say it. Take a book, out, take a page out of Sony's playbook. I don't care if it's two years, three years down the line. Show me what you're working on, so you can make a build a case as to why I should own your console. You know, and I know the idea of owning an Xbox console has been completely hazed over with this play anywhere. You know, now they're saying that you know every if it's uh, if it's on you know day one on on game pass so you don't have to buy it and you know moving game pass over to pc so you don't even need to buy an xbox now in order to enjoy xbox game you know i understand they're redefining what it means to be a console i get that but still for those of us who are still into the hardware give me a reason to buy your console show me your pathway to enticing me to get it. Because if you're just going to show me stuff that I can play everywhere else, including PC, you're not building a case for your product. So it's time for them to show what these studios are going to be working on. I don't care. Take that long view. Take that long view. Show me what's, what's, what I don't care if it's not coming out until 2021. Show me what these people are working on and show me why I need to keep an Xbox product on my entertainment and on my entertainment center. That's 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 all I want. Just do what you guys used to do back in the 360 days, what you used to do in the original Xbox days and show me why your product should matter to me. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Any thoughts, Desmond? I mean, pretty much I know both you and me are trying to get back into Xbox gaming a little bit, so... No. <laughs> I mean, I would have bought Anthem for PS4, but y'all were like, Xbox! I was like, okay. <laughs> Seriously. Like, well, you have the console. I mean, is there... I mean, you don't really... I mean, if, if Xbox does well during E3, it'd be a boon for everyone. I mean, at least if you get some use out of your Xbox One, at least, right? Uh, you know what? I... I like. I think, and I'm probably gonna get roasted for this, but I think that the Xbox had its heyday, and you know they 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 lost the they they I don't know they did they fumbled the ball something happened, and they've just been playing second fiddle to uh, Sony ever since. I I can't pinpoint one particular time that it happened, but well, like TV, I find TV, it TV 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 yeah <laughs> or 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 like I'm gonna be everything for you like everything for you and it's just like no you make games make games you know you have make a gaming system but no 
So and anyway, then they switched over to servers over services over games. That's something else that yeah. they did. So it's know. just like so you know I I don't know I. I I I would love for 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 great first party games to make me excited, you know. I almost was gonna buy you know de- the new Dead or Alive game on Xbox just because I had fond memories of playing of playing Dead or Alive on the Xbox 360, and I thought maybe that's a game that I could buy on on Xbox and and you don't want to play it. a fighting game on a, on that controller, uh, bro. That's that's exactly unless it's a third party controller. You don't want to do. That's what I was thinking. I was just like, uh, <laughs> so no, no, like, no. Get DOA six on. PlayStation. I'm buying on PlayStation. See, there you go. So it's like, there you go. Ding ding. <laughs> so so I you know and, and with their acquisition of um of uh, uh Obsidian, I'm really hoping. Like I'm ho- I am hopeful. I am hopeful that you know Obsidian and the other folks are able to you know really give us some first party exclusives that makes me excited. I'm so excited. I'm not excited for for Xbox. Like I, yeah. I, I just not. I'm just not seriously. Yeah. Like the I, only I, first party I, I, game I'm looking forward to is Crackdown Three, and we'll have to really see what happens with that. You know, I'm, they, I'm not even excited for that. So it's just kind of like okay, so yeah, we'll see. Oh, but what you kind of hyped for Crackdown Three in the beginning, Des? You know what? This, I, this sounds like a like I, this seems I, like I, a change of pace. It is, it is a change of pace. You know, just just playing Anthem on the Xbox and. Doing their their interface and just like uh, I I I uh, I just do not something about that that home screen and everything. It's just I don't get it. I don't get it. But well, I told you I told you my my pains in trying to get my game audio and chat oh, audio to oh, split. Yeah, right. And, and and we we were last night, Kevin, because like I like I had like and then like I have a I have a really good you know headset that I use for the PS4. It's a plug and play. You just go. It works perfect. I tried to do the same thing on the Xbox. Is like nope. And I'm thinking, what the fuck, right? So I'm looking around, and I talked to Joe, and Joe's like, oh yeah, you can't use that one. I'm like, well, what? Why? So 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 I had to plug in some like you know earbuds. It's just. Why? And I know you're trying to be proprietary, and you want your. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's just, yeah. I, I, I don't want to talk bad about about the Xbox because I do want it to do well. I want it to, you know, I want I want to like it, you know. But at the same time, they make it so hard. They make it so hard. It's like, why won't you let me love you? This <laughs> <laughs> is so hard. So hard. Yeah. So. Anyway, yeah, that that audio thing, and I literally, Des, I have had an Xbox One product in my home since a few months after it launched, and last night was when I actually figured out how to split the audio. See, because everybody (laughs) that I have asked who does not have that problem is using something like Astro headsets or something where the hardware does that for you, so you don't have to go into the system settings in order to do it. And whereas the you know the PS4 does that by default, the Xbox requires you to go to two different screens in order to set that. And it, I've been trying like mad trying to figure that out. And I've had people who game almost exclusively on Xbox or at least on Windows 10 trying to help me with that. You know, shout out to Blue Man Rule, and it 
could never get it to figure figure out how to use it. And I'm just using like basic earbuds. It's like I shouldn't have to have this much problem splitting the game the game audio and the and the chat audio into two different channels. It, it shouldn't be this hard. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Like so yeah, not. I I feel your pain, bro. I I do. So I do. I'm just like, so again, I I would love, I I would I would just love 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 to be excited, uh, for something, but at this point, I'm just not, you know, just I'm just not. So we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, one thing about Crackdown Three, I'm excited for it, but uh, I don't even want to buy a physical version of it. So. <laughs> Why? Yeah, Why I not? A, I have a with Games Pass. And oh, yeah. Best Buy is even offering a free steelbook, and I'm like going, "Get your steelbook, buddy! Get so your steelbook!" Like Forty-eight dollars on a game I'm gonna get for free with Games Pass. Get your steelbook. <laughs> you know you want that steelbook, though. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll break down. Get that damn that steelbook. steelbook. Yeah. Don't you sit there and lie, buddy? You want that steelbook? I know I want it, but uh, whether I actually get it, actually. What I read too is that if you purchase a six-month uh, uh, Games Pass uh, subscription card, you actually get the Steelbook for free as well. So they what? got that thing locked down. <laughs> so silly. I know. All right, but uh, I digress. Let's move on. Um, one thing that was announced in the last two weeks is that Metroid Prime Four has been moved over from Bandai Namco. Bandai Namco. <laughs> to Retro Studios. So Nintendo had a video and announced that the fact that uh, they have switched development houses on there. And uh, f- rumors kind of been flying since this has happened. And uh, some credible sources, um, rumors came about saying that the, some of the troubles that Metroid Prime 4 behind the scenes was that they were um, doing a new ad hoc development team on there. So they had teams spread across different countries in an experimental process, but some studios were doing great. Some others had unspecified troubles on there. So, so because of the fact that the game wasn't coming along, Nintendo decided to bring all the work under one roof, Retro Studios, who developed the first Metroid Prime titles all three of the games previously in the series. Um, basically, put a proposal up on there, and uh, basically, we're given the task of developing Metroid Prime Four on there. And keep in mind that Retro and in, in name only at this point, because all the people that worked on Metroid Prime has long since moved to new studios and left the company on there. So. But uh, they also stated that a uh, port of Metro, Metroid Prime Trilogy for the Switch has long since been done, so we'll have to see when that is announced on there. But uh, that Metroid Prime 4 is still on its way, but that um, it's going to take some more time for them to get the game out. Obviously, it's being developed uh, by another studio. So any thoughts, you guys, on here? I mean, I'm, I've been waiting for this game to kind of peek its head out but uh you know i'm sure nintendo i wish they would bring this game in-house and just develop it in-house i mean they're kind of in a way doing it with retro studios and the self on there and i'm glad that retro studios has another game developed besides donkey kong country for the last umpteen years so on that any thoughts i i will never shade 
a company or a, in this case, you know, a decision to hold back a game that they think is going to be bad in exchange to doing the proper work with the team or teams necessary to make it the best product it can be. Uh, a bad game is a bad game forever. You know, he- hello, uh, uh, what's that? What's that first person shooter post? You know, it takes place in the U.S. Uh, Homefront. Oh, home Shout front. out to Homefront. A bad game is a bad game is a bad game, and you can try and come up with all the the the, the post launch patches you can when people jump into that product brand new and it's crap that's that's it's real hard to scrub that taste out your mouth and i would rather have them do this and if they have to start up from scratch hey start from scratch metroid is an important ip for nintendo they don't want to put out a subpar product for metroid do what you need to do to make it the best game you possibly can I don't care what the naysayers say. I'd rather have a great Metroid. Not that I've ever played a Metroid game before. I know I, that's that's probably something bad that needs to be addressed. But I would rather have them do this and put out a grade A product than to just go with what was going on and have it be subpar. Especially from a, a, a beloved franchise like Metroid is for Nintendo fans. This couldn't happen, so I say kudos for that for that decision. I'd hope that they actually de- would develop a 2D Metroid along with the Prime series, of course. You know, so you know, hopefully Retro's take on it maybe will be a combination 2D, 3D, but uh, who knows what will come in the mix. Prime has always been a uh, first-person um, shooter uh, Metroid, basically that started up on the GameCube on that. So on there but i would kill for uh, like a metroid fusion sequel from the game boy advance i mean i think that would would rock but uh you know nintendo's not apt to give people what they want so i mean it is what it is on there nintendo does their own thing you know so otherwise we'd be sitting on like golden sun 3 and all sorts of other you know cool games in their back catalog of course you know a new f-zero new star fox that's actually decent you know? yeah so. yeah so you know like yeah you don't want to but you know what i don't think star fox has the same level of of cachet if you will that metroid does oh it doesn't no. you know so a bad star fox is not good but it's not it doesn't carry that same that that same punch in the gut like a bad Metroid would, so I, I say I I have no oh, problem. Kudos, yeah, with for sure. That. Absolutely not. Yeah. All right. Other news uh, that caught my eye: EDF Earth Defense Force Iron Rain has gotten an announcement. It will be out on April the 11th. On there, uh, it will be. Uh, it's already up for pre-order on PlayStation Network. It's going to be exclusive for PlayStation 4, at least for now. No PC version was announced. We're actually getting it day and date with the Japanese release, believe it or not. So on that, so no indication of a physical version uh, from the press release or any of the statements, though. It looks like it's going to be as Earth Defense Force 5 was a PSN exclusive on that, so... Uh, what's new in the game is that uh, it's being developed by a different team, Ukes, 
which is uh, developed like other games in the past, including in the WWE series on and a bunch of other cool wrestling games <laughs> as well. So uh, they have a new class in the game called the Prowl Rider. Uh, this is the most versatile class in the series. It allows you to ride a giant ant into battle and also use a new piece of gear called the E-Needle to grapple from building to building with crazy mobility on there. So I am in it to win it with riding a giant <laughs> ant. That sounds. I didn't even. I didn't even amazing. know about the the grapple. The like grapple hook in a game is always awesome, and I think a grapple hook in EDF would just just be awesome. So that, it would be so, really cool if they had some Rumble Roses characters doing. It'd be like giant women doing wrestling moves. Rumble Roses next to it. Actually, I mean, that might not that be a bad so idea. Dope. That would be dope. You know, have the giant, you know, like the giant woman, you know, grabbing that Godzilla-looking thing, putting him into a suplex through a building. That would that would be so dope. All right. And also, you have access to all the other character classes: the Trooper, Jeff, Lif- Jet Lifter, Heavy Striker, and Prowl Rider on there. So those are the names. So a little bit different from you know, like the Ranger and other characters in the game, like uh, on that. So and. Uh, it, it will have the deepest customization in the series to date with a set protagonist that you could either be male or female. You'll be able to customize your appearance along with other weapons, armor, and classes that you choose on there. Um, Split-screen multiplayer will also be included with the game on there. Uh, online will be up to six players this time, so that's kind of dope on there because we're, we're only up to be able to play up to four on there so and there's also going to be a competitive multiplayer mode which would include up to eight players so in, in this particular mode players will compete to acquire energy gems so they even got pvp in this game as well so so uh, so if you want to pre-order the standard edition is uh, 59.99 the ultimate edition is 89.99 on there, uh, fans who opt for the Ultimate Edition can expect an exclusive mission that will launch shortly after the game releases, as long with a special weapon on there. Any thoughts, you guys, on the PvP and the six-player co-op aspects of it? Oh, I'm gonna play it. I'm I have been enjoying the hell out of my time with TDF, so I'm definitely gonna be playing it. So, <clears throat> um, and I'm I mean I do wish that they like I would wish like limited run games would do. A limited run <laughs> um, of of EDF. I would I would actually do like I, I would I would buy it. You know, double dip. Would you double dip? Uh, for no, I would just go ahead and buy buy it. Normally. The physical version, yeah, yeah. I would just buy the physical version. I, I, that's a game that that I enjoyed and would definitely like play normally. Like I would normally play that game. It's just fun, you know. It's just fun. I know that you and I kind of get. Kind of get into it a little bit every now and again, <laughs> you know. Joe Joe likes to just kind of farm, and I know you have to farm, but sometimes I'm just like, we can farm, but we have to go though. <laughs> like we have to go because <laughs> Joe's just like all about farming, and I'm just like sometimes I'm just like, oh, I just want to play the game. <laughs> I want to play the game. I don't want to farm anything. Oh, as far as repeating missions, to yeah. Get like I, I get it. That's part of it, but I'm just like, let's just, just, just let's just go. Let's just go. Please get me just go. Uh, one thing about Iron Rain, which I don't know if you listeners know, but uh, basically it's their take to try to make the game, quote unquote, a little bit more realistic. I don't know how about as far as making a game with giant ants and, and uh, other <laughs> creatures no realistic <laughs> on there. But it is based on um, the actual um, 
land that you're in as far as the occupying is not set in Japan. It's set in the U.S. It's set in Western uh, countries on there. So obviously I'm kind of curious to see as far as the uh, the cheesy like banter back and forth that obviously are going to be in the game from the start on here. So so we'll have to see when this game comes out. And, and because I am Trader Joe and I am the... Uh, uh, Deal enthusiasts right now, if you go to Dollar General, if you want to pre-order this bad boy, they are selling PSN cards for 15% off right now. So so if you want to go out there, get points cards, you know, granted it's not a 20% Gamers Club Unlocked or anything like that, but 15% off PSN credit. It's not bad. Good. Not bad at all. I'm probably going to make my way out there sometime this week so I can pre-order this game and get it done and over with. I'll be shedding a tear. I won't be able to get a physical version, but hey, <laughs> join the rest of the gaming world on there. So, Also, something that caught my eye last couple of weeks, uh, Diablo 3 Season 16 has um, started as of January 18th on there, so it is launching with new buffs, rewards, challenges, and tweaks on there. The name of the game this time around is Grandeur on there, which takes its name from the legendary Ring of Royal Grandeur on there, so there is going to be more loots available uh, for Season 16, but um, if you do get the ring, the ring will let players mix and match different armors to combine set bonuses on there, and the ring's power is free for all participants on there, even if you do not own it on there. So, and so if uh, you're interested in, in playing Diablo 3 Ultimate Evil Edition again, you'll be able to bling out your characters with the helm and shoulders of the Cosmetic Conqueror set, as well as a new portrait frame and a pair of Monarch Butterfly Wings. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I feel like I'm watching the Venture Brothers or something. So, so on there, but uh, Keep in mind that, you know, every season of Diablo 3 has new seasonal conquest on there and other attributes. It's just everyone, you know, basically keeping everyone interested in still continuing to play the game. The game is ultimately, to me, very playable, but I haven't had a chance to play it in a few years. So something I might dip back into if need be, but it's going to run from now up until... Um, March 17th. So just in case if you want to go and check that out, you can go and do that. There's also a current event going on in Diablo 3 called the Darkening of Tristram, basically, which is uh, allowing you to go back into uh, the original 16 levels of Diablo 1 as well. So just in case if you want to go and adventure into that on that. So any of you guys have anything to add? No, I mean I know mm-hmm. we were talking about playing some Diablo, so I'm, I'm down. Like I like Diablo because you can just kind of put it on and just kind of like just veg out. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, which is kind of fun, you know. I enjoyed the game. Yeah, no, even though you know it's just, it's like a real. I hate to say you know a, a game where you're sitting there killing like a bunch of demons and enemies. It's kind of almost relaxing in a way. So yeah, I mean that's I like it, and I never even beat the game yet. So not not that you know beating the game is the like the pan ultimate thing that you're supposed to do, but I I, you know, I I enjoy it. Yeah, I haven't really had a chance. I know I started playing once the Necromancer came out. I was playing with the Necromancer for a while, but uh, still want to go dip back into it a little bit. So, and last but not least, there is some Destiny news I thought I'd go ahead and mention on there. So, Crimson Days is going to be launching pretty soon on there. It's not going to be coming out next week, but the week following on there. 
Crimson Days, of course, is the uh, particular event that you know you could double up with someone on there to be able to go ahead and run some, getting some rewards on there. So um, basically, what's going on with that is that they'll have, of course, uh, a lot of uh, mainly cosmetic stuff on there. So and a lot of uh, ghost, you know, uh, speeders, you know, shaders, and like sparrows and, uh, and stuff, right? Yeah, there's a heart emote too that you could get as well on there. So, on there, they also did announce that uh, there's going to be some changes between this and the next um, update on there. And they did mention the fact that people, at least with the forge and what as they've done in the past, as horde bounties and raid keys on there, and what Destiny players have done in the past is basically because of the fact that they got gotten everything they wanted out of a particular. A sequence of events would just hoard bounties until the next event came forward and be able to go and redeem them for higher light levels on there. So they have um, started to nerf this on there. They are basically stating to people that do this that you're not going to be able to go ahead and redeem these bounties for higher light level items. So if you're going to hoard a bunch of bounties and wait to redeem them until the next power level comes out, you'll get 650 leveled items versus getting something that's higher towards 700 on there. Cause that's the next power level that's going to come out during the season of the drifter on that. So we're going to have looking for the max level of 700. So all those uh, weapons you leveled up, Kevin, you don't have to worry about getting up to 700 if you feel the need on that. So, okay. Well, that's good and bad because some of them are really good that I wouldn't mind taking with me to the next, you know, to the next thing. But if they've got some better stuff along the way, you know, you know, so be it. Yeah. Next, next big thing is going to be March with the season of the Drifter. That's going to come out. That's going to be beyond the the Black Armory uh, content that's uh, going on right now on there. So. But another thing that's going to drop this upcoming Tuesday on January 29th. Uh, the reset's going to uh, also address a lot of weapon balancing on there. So I know you asked me the other day when the Telesto was going to get n- finally nerfed in PvP mm-hmm. on there. So yeah, the Telesto is finally going to get nerfed on there. They also are uh, basically looking to bring up some weapons on there. So I know that they're definitely looking at making changes uh, to the... Um, scout rifles on there that the scout rifles will get a buff in both pvp and also in pve as well so oh, that's cool yeah because scout rifles have been kind of underpowered yep. to say that also in pvp they are going to be boosting up some auto rifles as well on there so that's something to keep in mind i love auto rifles so um, they're going to be able to go ahead and bring that up to you know basically keep those weapons to compete with pulse rifles and hand cannons on there, which have dominated both PVP and PVE for more than a year on that. So that's a good thumbs up to me because uh, I, you know, like I said, auto rifles been my choice in PVP and PVE, but I've been kind of learning to use pulse rifles too. So Mm -hmm. on that, so, so all this and keep in mind, mayhem is coming back this next week too. So that will probably be your, uh, ranking with the higher valor level on there, and also too with the um, 
Redrick's request, uh, Redrick's quest, if I could pronounce properly <laughs> on that, uh, they did state that uh, that particular quest will no longer, um, like I think with the particular quest, you have to reset your um, Valor five different times during a particular um, season on there. And they said that no longer will that uh, be to where you're confined to a season. So all you really need to do is to reset your valor five different times and you'll be able to gain access to that quest on there where in fact, you know, this is all in PVP, mind you. So for you PVE players, ignore <laughs> what I'm talking about. But something I've been kind of looking forward to because I've been reading about, I've been learning about a little bit more. I'm kind of getting caught up with all my destiny activities. And so, um, you know, I've already re-rolled re my Valor twice. And, you know, if they do have more uh, Crucible-related events like Mayhem coming up, I'll probably look to uh, try to work my way towards the Red Rick's Broadsword quest on that. So that will help out in that aspect. So, so okay. any, all right. Anyone have anything else to add about Updates to Destiny 2. Uh, that's all the news I have to bring forward this week. So, no, I got nothing. All right, good deal. Yeah, sounds good, though. Cool. Well, all right, then. So, <clears throat> contact. You can reach the Gaming Vessels podcast by our email at gamingvessels at gmail.com. I can be reached on Twitter at shownuff71. Also on PSN, Shonuff7, S H O N U F the number seven. Also on Xbox Live, I am Shonuff071, same spelling with 071. Yes, and, make sure you do the 071. Yeah, you're going <laughs> to hook up with some guy that, that doesn't play very often and only likes Madden. So just don't do that. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm also on Steam at uh, Shonuff71 there. So, Des, why don't you tell the listeners how they can get in contact with you? Well, yeah, I'm on um, uh, Xbox Live, PSN, uh, Twitter. It's all the Nemo, uh, the Nemo uh, six T H E N E M O and the number six. So definitely come by, check me out, say what's up. You know, it'd be great to hang out with some of y'all. Um, so it's all pretty much the uh, the same. No, sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, only I haven't changed it yet because I'm still want wanting to change it. It's the it's my um, my Twitter is the Nemo six uh, PSN and PSN. Oh, so it's sorry. It's Steam Twitter. Uh, is the Nemo Six and PSN and Xbox Live is Nemo Tigger N E M N E M O T G G R. There you go, that's better. <laughs> How about you, Joe? Okay, I can be found at uh, on Twitter at Joe Fongul J O E F O N G U L. I'm on PSN Nintendo Network and Steam under the username Kaminagara K A M. U-N-A-G-A-R-A, -A -A, and also I'm found in Xbox Live under Mr. Fongul, so uh, capital M-R, capital F-O-N-G-U-L. I might, I tried to change it to Communigar, but someone else has that tag, so I don't know <laughs> what else yeah, I could change it to. someone is actually but... Japanese. Possibly. <laughs> I mean. Possibly. We'll see. Just saying. Uh, 
And also, folks, we've got a uh, we've got a question uh, that we want to put out to our listeners. We're calling it the, our vessel line question. And in light of the recent release of Resident Evil 2 this week, what game would you love to see remade with current generation fidelity? And we're going to put that question out to our listeners. You can contact us with your responses either at our Twitter account, which is at Gaming Vessels, or you can hit us at our previously mentioned email account, at gaming, which is gamingvessels at gmail.com. So hit us with your what you would like, what games you would like to see remade at either one of those locations, and we will definitely be reading the, your responses on the show. And while we're at it, uh, guys, can you come up with one game that you would like to see remade uh, that you would that you would love to see done with uh, current levels of graphic fidelity? I kind of would like Symphony of the Night. You know, I think having a really cool... I mean, I know that's, you know, it's 18... You know, or was it 16-bit? And it was on, you know, Super Nintendo and all that. But I would love to see a really high-def, beautiful uh, Symphony of the Night. Because, you know, Metroid Metroidvania games are, you know, they're, they, they have a... They have a home, you know. I know, and I think having having them do a really hardcore, you know, back like we're back, you know, um, type of type of thing would be really kind of cool. You know what I mean? It's like it's like if someone was to basically say, "Hey, we're gonna do this game, um, this beloved game, but we're gonna make it, um, you know, super slick." And it's you know, because I think I think you know people. Those Metroidvania games are really like people still like they they play them, you know. And I just feel that you know a game like that, you know, it's it's a lot of indie developers take a lot of inspiration from that game. And I think and I'm thinking having that be uh, redone would be just 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 fantastic. I think I think. I mean, I would definitely buy one if it was, you know, redone by the ground up and, you know, increased visuals and stuff like that. I don't know. I just, I just think that that would be really kind of cool. So, what about you, Joe? And okay, um, of course, that's at the top of my head too. By the way, <laughs> I think my answer would be some, just a game that's uh, like been near and dear to my gaming heart for years and years and years. And to me, uh, my answer would be two prong, meaning that. Um, I love the Fantasy Star series. It was my first Japanese oh, RPG back in the day on the Sega Master System. So I would love to see like either a remake of Fantasy Star 4 for current-gen consoles on there and to be able to reimagine that series and to be able to relaunch and put in people's consciousness. Also, Fantasy Star Online. It's like uh, be uh, repeating myself like a broken record, but that game, when it first came out on the Dreamcast, was just... It was great. You know, the f- first game that I was able to play online co-op with people on there. And, uh, you know, Fantasy Star Online 2 eventually did come out, but uh, never came out officially in the United States or in the West. And uh, there was an English version released in the Philippines in that area on there. But uh, and there's actually ways you could play that um, with a translation on there as well on PC. So... But I would love to see that game get uh, its attention because it, uh, it, it had everyone's attention back in the day mm-hmm. on there. And so I'm thinking 
if it could be reimagined and brought out for a new generation, I think Sega would have a hit on there. And I think there's an, more than enough manpower out there to translate this game into English and to keep it updated with other companies that release persistent worlds now that it can definitely have a go at it. So. What about you, Kev? Uh, for me, I, I this could probably go be a whole show in and of itself of games it that I'd love to see remade. Uh, but I'll I'll boil this down to one. Well, actually, two. Uh, first one up is Maximo. Uh, I played the game on PlayStation Two. Loved it. It was hard as all get out, uh, just like the original Ghouls and Ghosts games. But I just really really enjoyed maximo i honestly can't remember if i actually finished that game or not i still have my copy uh, but uh i really dug maximo and the other game is my favorite game ever which is god hand i would really like to see god hand done in the current gen with current gen assets uh all that hdr and and highfalutin, high-fidelity graphics, but I would also like to see them rework the controls, um, just like they did with uh, Resident Evil 2. I would like to see a reworking of the controls, because the controls in God Hand are a little off-putting. The way you move your character around, using the, the right stick to dodge, to, you know, to do a side step, side dodge left and right. Uh, the way you you ran was you had to get used to it, and it was not it really wasn't all that intuitive. So, if they could rework those controls with some more intuitive uh, button and control stick actions, uh, that would be so freaking dope. But still maintain the god hand zaniness, uh, be it politically correct <laughs> or not. Don't change a thing about God Hand's content, but just kind of update the graphics and uh, update the control mechanism. That would that would be super dope. So that would be my response to that. But as I said before, folks, we want to hear what your idea what your ideas for a remake would be, and we will read those responses on our next recording of Gaming Vessels. And with that, folks, we are going to bring this episode, which is Season 4, Episode 2, to a close. Uh, we appreciate you hanging in there and listening to us uh, talk about our favorite hobby. And uh, as always, I am Shonuff71. He is Dez, the Bay Area Terror. And that is Trader Joe, the Food Max of Gaming, who will maximize your gaming dollar. And we will be back next time. Peace.